Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season three, episodes 12 and 13. And for this episode, we're going to go ahead and get started as we usually do with our recaps. And so for the recaps, we try within one minute to describe what, what, what went on in the previous episode and try to condense it down and get to the main points um, all again within just one minute. Um, and so we have season three, episode 11, or sorry, season three, episode 12, The Western Air Temple. Uh, and Beth, uh, you are going first for that one. Are you ready? As I hear you like furiously clicking in the back. Oh, you can there. hear that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I just have to, I just have to tease you. I'm uh, sorry. I was getting my notes pulled up because I actually took notes on this one. What? I know. Beth? Beth actually took notes. This is a first lady's. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like really. Just, like, <laughs> I, don't I forget to, like, how really sensitive my mic is. I apologize. But in any case, um, so Beth, uh, you are up first on the Western Air Temple. Are you ready to go? I am ready. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one, go. So the gang is kind of browbeaten and defeated as they make their way towards the Western Air Temple. They find it and see that it's kind of just hanging off the bottom of the cliffside. It's super cool. They get themselves settled in, and we see that Zuko was successful in his ability to follow them as he has been all season. He (laughs) practices adorably trying to introduce himself to them, and when he does introduce himself to them, everything goes terribly, except for it looks like Appa likes him. Toph is like, eh, I think he's okay. I'm going to go chase after him and see how he's doing. And he ends up burning his her feet and is like, why am I so bad at being good? She goes back and everybody's all super angry at him. Uh, he comes back to try to atone once again. They're like planning on taking a prisoner and Sparky Boom Man shows up and he saves them from Sparky Boom Man. And they're reluctantly allowing him to join them. And everybody's mostly okay with it except for Katara, who's like, yo, I'm going to kill you if you take one step out of line. Oh, nice. With still about 12 seconds left. Oh, that was faster than I expected. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you like you panicked there like halfway through. It's I did. <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's, she's got time. She's got time. Um, but no, good job. With, yeah, like with about 12 seconds left to go. So getting, getting good and efficient at this. Yeah. All right. And then I have episode 13, The Firebending Masters. Um, so yeah, Beth, I'm ready whenever you are. All right. In three, two, one, go. On day one of firebending training, Zuko discovers that he has lost his ability to produce some actual good fire. Um, after pondering over this over the whole day, he determines that he needs to go figure out how to actually rediscover his fire bending, and Aang decides to go along with him on a bros day out. Apparently, um, while on this, while doing this, they stumble upon what basically looks like a scene out of Indiana Jones and the Lost Aztec Temple. Um, they stumble a bunch of, on a bunch of booby traps. They uh, meet these ancient firebenders. Uh, they go through all of these trials where they basically fail, but in the end, they do a dance. Dragons teach them the secrets of fire bending. They return back, knowing that it's not about hate or anger or rage. It's about drive. They perform the dance and show that they can indeed firebend. 13 seconds left. Dang. We are good at this. I know. I felt like I was running short, too. I was just like, oh, I I need to wrap this up. Nope. But you know what I I think it is, Beth? These are very straightforward plot-wise episodes. There's there's no more B-plots. True. You know, how how are we going to challenge ourselves anymore without B-plots? 45 seconds. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Tune in next week to discover if we d- decide to hate ourselves and do these as 45-second recaps. And now we are at the part of the show where we go ahead and break down the episodes and analyze them. And Beth, we begin with the Western Air Temple, um, a crowning achievement of sorts. Zuko's Uh, with Team Avatar. We've been wanting this for so long. (laughs) We finally get something of the emotional payoff we've been waiting for. It's yes, it's so it's so exciting, and it's and it's so it's so rewarding to see Zuko try so hard to be a good guy. And oh my goodness, does he suck at being a good guy? Bad at it, but he's trying so hard, my sweet summer child. Oh, <laughs> I I love how you know I really like the comment you said um, off mic when we were right before we started recording. You know that Zuko really kind of only had like he has a few facets to his character, and when he's not like so obsessed about his honor and stuff like that, and like capturing the Avatar, when you strip that away, all you've got left is is social awkwardness. <laughs> There's a reason why, like, hi. Zuko here has become such a meme. It's because it's like every socially awkward person trying to introduce themselves at a party. Like I have never related more with a character. (laughs) And Zuko is just so uh, like, Oh, you just feel for him so bad. Like I could feel myself cringing and I could, I was just like, and you, and you know, the first time you watch it anyway, you're just like, you know, you're rooting for Zuko and you're like, come on, you know, make that connection with team avatar. Cause you totally get why they don't, trust him Mm -hmm. they haven't seen him grow like we have exactly and so you're like oh come on you can do it Zuko you can convince them and then like these little things keep happening and you're just like no Mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen and we're rooting for him so much at this point he's finally making all of the right decisions but he just because he's changed doesn't mean that other people are going to accept him immediately. I mean, why would they? They have plenty of reason to hate him. And it's so realistic that they aren't welcoming him with open arms. But ah! <laughs> yeah, no. And, ex- and that's exactly it. And I enjoy that aspect of the episode. Like, and I would even say in the end, when how most of them accept him is even still slightly rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or forced. Well, it, it's, it helps that Katara doesn't, I think. I agree. If all of them were like, well, I guess you reluctantly accept you, but it was like Toph was on board. Aang was like, okay, I think I believe you based on some things that you've said. Sokka's like, hey, whatever's best, whatever's going to help us defeat the Fire Lord ends justify the means. And Katara's like, whatever you decide, Aang, but I'm not happy about it. Right, exactly. So. Because, because that was one thing I wrote down, like the whole like the whole fact that Zuko like stopped the assassin or helped stop the assassin is still kind of like really weak evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, okay, sure. You know, I want the, pl- I want the plot to advance. So I will accept this. Um, but like in the grand scheme of things is like, eh, yeah. we get so few Zuko with the gang episodes. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy yeah. that they quote, quote, rushed it a little bit. Oh, agreed. Because yeah, because the only the only Zuko with the gang episodes is basically the back half of this season three, and so and that's not a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so poor Zuko, just so ba- just so bad at being good and trying so hard. And of course, the more you try to be socially acceptable, and you know, the harder you try at some of these things, of course, the the worse off you are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did like the fact that, you know, as they were trying to defend, you know, they're trying to make this decision of what to do about the fact that Zuko showed up. Um, this was the first time I actually thought about, like, Toph is talking about, like, how for the messed up family he came from, he turned out okay. And, like, it dawned on me. I was like, oh, yeah, because Toph definitely would know what it would come be like to come from a messed up family. True. I hadn't even thought about that. Right? Like, th- like today was just kind of the first time where I was like, oh, that actually, like, makes some sense why yeah. she actually has some unique perspective there. Yeah. And she does have a really good point. I mean, Ozai and Azula are in the same family as him. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know. It's and and I and I guess what I like I I, th- I don't know. I guess we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about the whole hesitation of Team Avatar, which we probably should. Um, but like it just all it does make sense. Like especially Katara, I like I like so much that they focus in on her mm-hmm. um, because she's call- been personally betrayed by him. Exactly. I like that they call back to the end of season two. Exactly. And and I truthfully the first time i watched this episode i'd kind of forgotten about that um because you know that was you know that was an entire like half a season ago Mm -hmm. um and so like when she is just so upset and just like i've seen your little transformation before and like all this bit that i remember just being like what's that about oh yeah Mm -hmm. And and it's like oh yeah katara like like katara was duped well maybe duped I don't know if she was so much of duped as he just changed his, like, because, I mean, I guess we can argue, like, he he wasn't intentionally betraying her, like, he wasn't lying to her at that time. Right. But she probably feels like he was manipulating her, given that he had his about face turned so quickly after that happened. Right, exactly. Um, and, and, and so, and again, that kind of helps. It's good that there are consequences for Zuko's previous actions, just like in real life, you know, when it comes to trust and stuff like that for people who have hurt us in the past, you know, tr- trust for those who have hurt us is hard. And so, and it, sh- and it can't be like just forgive and forget and move on because sorry, those things, those things affect us. And those things are s- those, those pains and those, those scars still linger with us. And so it's a, it's a natural human reaction to, you know, to try to protect yourself from being hurt again. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of, I, I I like I like the fact that they force us to wait, even though I you know you hate it the first time you watch, mm-hmm. but I love the I love the fact that they force us to wait, um, and Zuko has to, even if in a kind of weird odd way, like earn his way onto the team. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I just kind of really wanted to point out in this episode is, uh, as I also mentioned off off mic what's the point of these tertiary characters uh comic relief yeah maybe I mean, yeah <laughs> and, and if you and if you don't understand what i'm talking about listeners we're talking about haru we're talking about the duke we're talking about teo like and 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 you know if you've been following along with us you know where they come from they came like straight from the battle and so like you know all the children were to survive and so, like, if they were to use them in a meaningful way, like, that'd be cool. But, like, I guess the one little thing that it does do. So, focusing in, I guess, on Aang in this episode, he doesn't have a whole lot going on for the most part. 
But right at the beginning, when all of them are running off to explore the temple, him being, you know, an actual child is like, oh, I want to go play too. I'm like, wait up, I'm coming with you. And then it's like, no, you're the avatar. We have to sit down and come up with a plan. Like, you can't, you can't be a kid because you have responsibilities. So I guess the one thing that they're there to do is like serve as the, this is what he should be like, but he can't be because he's the avatar and he, he has a little bit of trouble accepting that responsibility during the episode, but it's not a central theme. It's not a central point. It's just kind of like on the side. So it probably would have been just as strong as an episode of an episode without it. Right. Yeah. And, And it is weird to see Aang avoiding his problems like this. Like, I don't know if that's just how he copes with another failure. Um, but I don't know. I, I did think that that was super weird that he was just like, well, I'm doing this because where are we going to find a fire bending master? And like, I'm just gonna, you know, waste time. And I was just like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts from, uh, the Western air temple? I guess just one little point that I kind of like mentioned at the beginning of my recap. I love that the show lets our characters feel the effects of their failure. Like Mm -hmm. in a lot, I feel like in a lot of shows, it's like something God awful will happen. Like a major character will die. And like an episode and a half later, they're fine until they need to have an emotional moment, like half a season later. And they're like, Oh, remember when so-and-so died looking at you supernatural. But like (laughs) in, in this show, it's like, they just had a major failure and they're allowed to feel sad for a while. And I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that, dep- that that beginning scene is very depressing. Um, even even forcing them to walk, like obviously, like the writers wrote themselves in a little thing of like a little excuse of like, well, Appa gets tired carrying so many people. Mm-hmm. But like, still, I, I agree. It is it is nice to like actually have them feel the impact, and to make it feel like it's it's continuity. Make it feel mm-hmm. like we're still experiencing the effects of the previous episode. Exactly. All right. So with that, then let's move on to the next episode, episode 13, The Firebending Masters. Bum, ba, dum, ba, bum, ba, da. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah. It's it's a weird combination of, like, like the history teacher in me is, like, this, this is a very Aztec-like culture. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the movie part of me is, like, this is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, like, the tropes they take from Indiana Jones, like, Tomb Raider sort of movies is just kind of, like... Like the spike trap? Classic. Exactly. Even the whole little, like, look, a golden egg randomly appearing in the middle of a temple. It's, like... The whole the whole episode just feels like a and d episode. Or, like, a and d session. <laughs> it does. As, as two people who play D&D, yes, exactly. Like, yeah. And... It it is. It's the whole the whole thing is just like Aang Aang used timidity. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was not very effective. It was not very effective. <laughs> uh, yep. But you know, it's I think what I do like about this episode, you know, because you know, it is still a kids show. It is still trying to te- teach morals and lessons and stuff like that. And what I do like about this episode is, you know, it's focusing on how for Zuko his motivations have to change. Um, and so there's a little bit of like slight character building, but also just a little bit of, um, kind of the moral lessons of like, what should be, what should be our focus in life? Like what should be things that we care about and are important to us? You know, so try, obviously trying to focus on like, you know, like anger and hate can't be, 
you know, our motivating factors if we are to be on the side of goodness and righteousness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to find other aspects that motivate us. Um, and so I, I did actually kind of like that overall moral lesson that's weaved in through this through this episode. Yeah. And like the way, like just from a show running perspective, it's so creative, right? Because we've had training montages. Like we, the last thing we need is another training montage. Right, exactly. So it's, it's cool that not only do Zuko and Aang get to have this like bonding experience where they learn about this together, but also like we get to see that Aang is being trained. He is learning things without having to just, you know, have another training montage episode. Right. No more, no more Rocky, whatever, whatever, whether it's the first Rocky movie or whatever. I, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I'm never, I never watched them. I've never um, seen a Rocky movie either. Solidarity. Okay, excellent. <laughs> excellent. So whatever Rocky movie it's from with the training montage, that one, no more of those. Um, but yeah, yeah, agreed. And so that it is, it is kind of nice and creative. Although I will say, Aang, for being so hesitant to bring Zuko into the group, like Aang just like leans in. Um, on this whole friendship thing. And I'm not going to lie, for a little while, I was just kind of like, this is weird. Yeah, it's it's another one of those, for the sake of the show, they have to, like, trust each other fast. Right. But I think of, like, minor spoilers, of the people he has life-changing field trips with, it makes sense that Aang is the first one. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like that's minor spoilers, because you could go all the way back to um, uh, the Blue Spirit, Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, technically, Aang is the first one Zuko shows any kindness to on the team. And, you know, they reflect about whether they could be friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if that's even. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. if that's really a spoiler. I feel like I feel like there are parts of the episode that are parts of the show that have shown that shown that that could be possible. Um, it just it just is a very big change in character to suddenly like be like, it's all good. Zuko, Zuko. I'm, I'm like sharing our, our fears and like, like, I don't know, acting all acting way chummier than like I would be with like one of like even some of my even some of the people I went to high school with that I didn't get along with. Like I would not <laughs> act that chummy to them. Yeah, no, that's fair. But that's Aang's personality, right? Like he's just a big ball of friendliness and sunshine. That's fair. That is fair. He is the rainbows and sunshine idiot. <laughs> even even Katara. Even Katara is not so, not so ring. Oh, that's what I should have mentioned from the last, when we talked about the last episode. Um, I guess I'll very quickly just mention, since we were contrasting rainbows and sunshine, holy, holy darkness in Katara to be like, um, I like, I will make sure that your, de- like your destiny ends right here, right now. Like, yeah, I'm going to straight up kill you, MF. <laughs> right, exactly, like, exactly. Like, like if Katara were the Avatar, no, wait, nope, 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 she, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna go there. Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Thank you for saving me from getting into a spoiler discussion. No worries. Um, yes, exactly. She would take the Kiyoshi path of things, like be very tender-hearted and very loving. Um, and it's an interesting manifestation of her, like her tender-heartedness and her loving. Like she has so much of that, to the extent that, like, I genuinely believe she would kill Zuko. Oh yeah. She is fiercely loyal to the people she loves. Yeah. So anyway, all of that being said, um, and so therefore in this episode, we kind of get, we get petty Katara who like, is like, you know, when Zuko's like, I've lost my juice. Um, she's and, like, oh, that's funny. Right. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. And she's just, 
And she's just like, are you sure you're just not as good as you thought you were? And it's just like, holy crap, Katara. Like, mm-hmm. like we get it. The teenage girl is coming out. Yeah, the very petty teenage girl is coming out. Uh, but yeah. So I, so I don't know. Anyway, I, I feel like I kind of got lost on a tangent there. but That's okay. But still. Yeah, like I said, Aang's taken to Zuko very quickly. I think that was the theme of what I was trying to say. Yes. Um, and at the end of the episode, we learn that fire is not the is not just the dark side. There's a light side to the Force, and mm-hmm. it's light and beauty and life, and you can tap into that to Firebend. Yeah. And I think that's so important because this is again our show writers uh, showing us, you know, nuance, showing us. Because up until this point, firebending, fire and firebending have been evil. Um, mm-hmm. And there's almost no other way to look at them. And even Zhang Zhang doesn't have a nuanced view of fire. Like, he, even he, he almost hates the fact that he's a firebender because mm-hmm. um, he views it as an evil element. Um, and here is this perspective of fire is not evil. Like all things, it can be used for good and evil purposes. Um, it's just I, a tool. Exactly. And I, and I and I do like that nuance, because again, that's a very true to life thing. Almost there, there are very few things in life that are, like, just in and of themselves, good or evil. Mm-hmm. But almost everything can be used for good or evil. Exactly, and that's like pulling in from my own background a little bit. That's a lot of things that we do in medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Like we do things in medicine that we would be considered evil under normal circumstances. I have stabbed people in the neck several times with a needle. I have, <laughs> I give them medicines that if it was a large enough dose would kill them on the spot, but because it's appropriately used and appropriately measured, we're doing it for good. Exactly. No, ex- it's exactly right. And so it's, it's, it's somewhat of a great power, great responsibility thing. But it, but it almost in the opposite way of re, not so much emphasizing the response or not so much being like, holy crap, there's a lot of power. You got to make sure you contain it. But more just realizing that, yes, you understand that there's responsibility, but the power is OK. Like that it's it's not an inherent like it's it's not just bad. There, there's great good for it. Mm-hmm. And I love and I love the lore that they bring in here about the original benders, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I get so frustrated with Legend of Korra, <laughs> since they just, you, you've gotten to the point where they sideswipe all this, right? Um, I stopped watching it because I got bored out of my mind. So my mom and I have been watching an anime together instead. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's, that's, so, that's so wholesome. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, I love the lore as we see it in, in this version of Avatar, where the original benders, you know, are different are different things. You know, for for the water benders, it was the moon. The moon was the original water bender. Um, for the earth benders, it's the badger moles. For the air benders, it was the sky bison. And for the for the fire benders, it was the dragons. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know why I like that so much. Um, but I don't, but I, but I do. I love, I love that there was like there was some sort of original source, and then humans got it from that source, and like you could almost go, like you could almost go back and learn it from the original master. Um, I don't know. There's just something to. I, I can't put a finger on it, but there's something to me that's appealing to. It just that. makes the world so much richer. I think too. Yeah, and there's logic to it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like every everything, like the moon being original, the original waterbender, like. You know, we we all in our sci- you know in our scientific world, we all understand the tides, and we know that that's the moon. 
And so it's cool to see that merging of like something that's fairly scientific to something that's not at all scientific and fantastical. Um, and so I don't know. I think I like I, th- I think I like that merging of like some of pseudo scientific, but like, but also possible. Like I don't know. It's believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What else? What else did you notice in this episode? I think that's all I've got, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's all about all I have too. The only thing I'll maybe just add is it was a. It's kind of a cute episode I did yeah. put in there, which is a bit demeaning, and I kind of do mean it to be a bit demeaning. But and we it, need a little spot of happiness. <laughs> yeah, we do, and it, and we have to remember that it's a kids' show. Mm-hmm. And now to conclude our episode, it's time to wrap up, giving out our ratings for the episode. Um, our ratings are done on a five-point scale, um, with decimals allowed, and then we give an explanation as to why our ratings are supremely authoritative and no one should ever question them, even if we have, <laughs> even if we have disagreeing ratings. Uh, that being said, Beth, uh, season three, episode 12, the Western air temple. What were your thoughts? Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.4. 4. Um, it's a good, enjoyable episode. Zico joins the group. Lots of good things happen. Um, it just, I guess it's very plot heavy and like just a lot of this happens and then this happens and then this happens without a lot of time for like, introspection i guess which is what's not keep what's keeping me from giving it above a 4.5 that said love the episode so still giving it a pretty high rating yeah i wound up actually doing the exact same thing you did i also picked a 4.4 um i agree with a lot with what you say um i would add in the tertiary characters are just pointless um (laughs) and 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 they to me actually do drag the episode um Mm. because they're just dead weight why are they even there um but yeah everything about zuko's whole attempt to join the gang oh and maybe i also drop it a little bit for the kind of rushed acceptance mm-hmm. like i don't know it's not it's it's slightly believable but like i do have to stretch my my disbelief a little bit um so but i will say to me a redeeming part is when katara katara's ending when she walks up mm-hmm. and is just like basically i will kill you that almost like earned it a couple points back for me so for sure and then on to uh, the Firebending Masters, episode 12. What did you think about that one? Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.6, which like the first time I watched this episode, it wasn't actually my favorite. I probably would have given it a lot lower, but on rewatches, I've just come to really appreciate the lore and the world building and like the character development, the character interactions between Zuko and Aang. It's just a fun, cute, enjoyable episode, and I'm a sucker for Indiana Jones. So 4.6. Huh. Yeah, and I guess for those reasons, is actually why I dropped it down to a 4.1. Um, because like, to me, it's just like, you could almost get away with thinking it's filler. Mm -hmm. Um, it's technically not because it technically establishes, you know, how Aang learns firebending or at least the initial parts of it. But like, if I didn't watch this episode, I mean, I technically could still know what's going on. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I think where I struggle on this one from giving it like, it's, it's a good, I like the pacing of the episode. It's a good, it's a good story. There are just little parts of it that I just, I, I just felt kind of struck me awkward. Um, Zuko and Aang becoming so buddy buddy so quickly. Um, the weird humor of the, uh, the shoot the sun, sun warriors, the weird the weird humor of the sun warriors, um, which was like they're obviously just trying very hard to be funny. Mm. it's just kind of like eh. that's fair i get what you're doing but yeah 
but it's still but i agree with you it's still a good episode and so like i can't drag it down below a four it's still a good episode so Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.